0: ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made.
1: This is getting exciting.
0: Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: What's up? Welcome back to Barton and Bud. It is, as we are recording this, it's Sunday night. You'll be listening to this, I guess, Monday morning or or later. Uh, And I'm sitting here in my house with all the kids asleep after the best Saturday of my life. I mean, the SEC is back, bud. And they came back hard. And that was a hell of a day for football. Um, That's fun, guys.
0: Bart and I were putting together the pre-show tonight, and it was like, all right, how do we how do we whittle this down? Like, there are so many teams that I have new opinions about now, and and like, you guys are a smart audience. We 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 know you don't need gimmicks. So tonight we're just going to talk about, uh, you know, maybe winners, losers, and 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 things that we learned uh, from this weekend that we that we didn't know before. Maybe some pre-held beliefs that are now affirmed and uh, causes for concern, blah, 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 blah. We're, we're just going to run down games we watched and, and, and kind of what we took away from it. So what? I, I kind of want to start – I know SEC was back, but I, I want to tie all this together. Man, the Big 12, because this, this is the one game and the one kind of happening of the weekend that could have really far-flung implications. Oklahoma goes down to Kansas State. And uh, Barton, they allowed like 7.8 yards play to a bad Kansas State offense. They had only one sack against Kansas State, only five tackles for loss.
1: 70 yard plays they gave up. They gave up like a, they gave up two. Okay, two. Yeah, 74 and a 75.
0: I, I just, I, I actually just finished writing every game reviewed for the Big 12. Uh, and they also allowed, I think, two 38s and a 25 or 26er. Um, I mean, it was just amazing how how they were unable to get stops. And then I think they were at like 2.5 yards of play over their final five drives. So not only did, did their defense not get any stops late in the game, um, their offense completely collapsed. And I think you nailed it, and Chris Hummer nailed it, both of you guys, when we were talking about Oklahoma in the preseason, saying, look, there are some real kind of early season personnel concerns here with, with, with the suspensions and injuries and opt-outs that this team – uh, is is dealing with not only on, on the defensive side but also at the receiver position and ultimately they didn't play well and i'm, I'm not going to blame it on all that stuff but that certainly can't be helping the situation we we have a pretty realistic shot here now that the big 12 champion has
1: three losses yeah i mean it's a, yeah it's a cluster it's a, it's a um it's a shit show it's uh i mean it's I mean, the Big 12 is going to be a blast, but it ain't going to be great football. And there's not going to be a lot of compelling reasons for the playoff committee. It doesn't look. I mean, look, things could change, but I I don't predict the playoff committee is going to have a whole lot of temptations coming out of the Big 12. Um, If if we assume that there's really high-quality candidates elsewhere, you know, Clemson, Alabama, uh, whoever it might be in the SEC is potentially a second option. Um, Ohio State, you know, like there's if, if there's teams that look like they're juggernauts, because no one, no one in the Big Twelve does yet. And uh, I mean, I know this is just one game for Oklahoma, but this is for it to be the first game, and for it to be such a clear year of of Oklahoma like being vulnerable. I think that's that's the bigger that's the bigger issue here. Is, is it, it's it's this stuff we're used to seeing this stuff happen this happens consistently in this conference, but for it to happen in week one, that's where we're like, okay, um, yeah, this is, this isn't, this doesn't look, this doesn't look elite. So you're right. So, so I think with that said, perhaps there's some, some, some teams that can benefit.
0: I'll, I'll start if you want me to dude, Florida for me is a team that answered some questions right right off the bat. And look, I, I know Ole Miss's defense is bad. I think you actually pointed out on this show that we expected Ole Miss's defense to be bad. But, but Florida dropped 51 on the Rebels and probably could have dropped even more if their red zone execution and execution uh, in, in Ole Miss's side of the field was a little bit better, dude. Nine and a half yards per play for that Florida offense. Kyle Trask comes out. He looked a lot better than he did last year. He was throwing far fewer balls, at least to my eye. That, that were in jeopardy. He was going through his progressions faster. He looked well-coached. Kyle Pitts is still a beast. The offensive line actually looked pretty good to me, or, or at least better than it was last year, which was one of the questions I had coming in. And I was also fairly impressed with uh, with UF's ability to get the ball to a number of of receivers. And, and I, I had questions about Florida's receiving core going in, into the year just because of all the dudes in the NFL who are balling out this year, or at least catching touchdowns when, when I'm watching Red Zone. Uh, on Sunday. So Florida checked a lot of boxes for me. I'm not that concerned about their defense yet because I do think that like, they kind of played Old Miss's game and still beat them at it comfortably against the Lane Kippett offense that I'm not really sure they knew, you know, what was what, what it was going to look like. A little bit of concern about their explosive, you know, explosive passes allowed. Old Miss did have throws of 28, 46, 45, 57, 51, 33, and 32, and 31. Elijah Moore, had so. like two
1: tw- Elijah Moore caught, like, 220 yards of of receiving yards.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh UF may uh want to shore up its explosive <laughs> pass play uh, allowance. However, I'm thinking about this, they just faced the most explosive passing offense on their schedule. I'm pretty damn sure of it. Think about it. Like who's more explosive? LSU or Old Miss? A&M or Old Miss? Georgia or Old Miss? Tennessee, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky? Uh, dude, that weakness may not get exposed again if and until they make it to Atlanta. And so I think they're my number one winner of the weekend because of the fact that I think the Big 12's playoff odds just went down. And Florida's a team that if they look impressive to me, even if they don't beat Bama in Atlanta, could go to the playoff as a non-champion. So they're, they're, that, that's kind of my first observation.
1: I think, Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Florida – I mean, we'll, we'll probably touch on Georgia, Arkansas, but the, I think as much as anything, the vulnerability of Georgia is, is significantly greater than I anticipated. Uh, there are, the the, the reload is not happening as seamlessly as I anticipated. Um, and so with that, Yeah, like there's a lot of reasons. Like I, I I absolutely view Florida differently as as they relate as they compare to Georgia than I did before this weekend. Um, Right or wrong, we'll see if that's an overreaction. But I, I do. Um, I think the other thing for me for for Florida is just I've been. I don't want to go so far as to say I've been a Kyle Trask uh, truther, uh, but I've been a Kyle Trask. Realist, I think, and I've been, I've been someone that's felt like he, he, like he had limitations last year. I thought he had limitations last year. I thought he was a limited passer out there. He's accurate, but he's, but you have to really design the offense to play to his strengths. And admittedly, you know this Ole Miss defense might be terrible, and this might be the best we see of Kyle Trask all year. But from what I watched, that felt different to me. That that was that to me was, uh, I mean, it was it was it was precise. It was accurate. It was on time. It was it was it was just so confident and comfortable. And I I saw a different quarterback. Um, I kind of felt a different quarterback than I I than I think I saw last year. So maybe that's my imagination and maybe that's real. But it you know time will tell. Um, but I was very but I think that just that uh perceived evolution is could could mean a lot for what Florida's um, chances look like and and for all the goals they're trying to accomplish. Uh the one for me, and so this sort of stuck out to me as I was so for CBS I fill out our uh the uh, bracket a poll uh, I I do a top fifty, um, and for my top for my top fifty, I think I went. I actually went. Uh, so one, two. I can't even remember. I think I was Clemson one, Bama two. Uh, for three, I went Miami. Um, and I just felt like, just based on what we've seen so far, Miami has you know they blew out Louisville, they blew out Florida State, like. In, in overwhelming fashion they seem to be clicking I'm not saying i confidently feel like they're going to be the third best team in the country in the year but I, I try to make my my um, rankings based on just sort of what we've seen like as opposed to guessing and my, my number four which is the team that I would bring up here is and this was sort of a hard one so but I went uh, Notre Dame at four and as much as anything, it was you know as that was a very underwhelming week one showing against Duke. It was a uh, dominating showing against a bad USF team, but when you compare that Notre Dame game with all the stuff we saw in the Big Twelve and the SEC this past weekend, it changes the way I view Notre Dame in the sense of yes, Notre Dame has its has some some. Weaknesses, it has some areas that you'd like to be better, but it doesn't have some overwhelming vulnerability. Like it doesn't have some fatal flaw in the same way I feel like we saw fatal flaws from good teams right out of the gate, like immediately. And so, just in terms of the way I view Notre Dame in the national pecking order, this weekend elevated them in my eyes, even without them playing.
0: I, I agree with you there, uh, and they are also, I think, in 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 that limited group of teams who could go to the playoff as a non-champion if the Big Twelve gets left out, and if if we assume that the Pac-12 is probably not going to get all that serious consideration, especially if some of these guys don't opt back in for for some of these Pac-12 teams. Uh, you, you mentioned Miami there, mm. who who had a pretty nice night on, on Saturday, fifty-two to ten over the Seminoles. Uh, I. You know, I, I did the NOLCast podcast and and you know been posted on Knowles twenty four seven some. I, I expected FSU's offense to get worked because I didn't think there was a single you know matchup that uh, that FSU could win one on one, and you can't double everybody up front. Uh, but what what we talked about in the, in the pre show on Barton and Bud was the that Miami had kind of like lived on on the explo- their explosive plays being crazily explosive, and, and their success rate through their first couple of games was actually kind of disappointing. Um credit to Miami for really turning that around. Their success rate in this game uh, was was much higher. Run, running the ball, they had an 18% success rate, I believe, against Louisville. Uh, I saw on Twitter tonight a 70% success rate before garbage time uh, running the ball against Ford State. So I wrote after week one, we, we, we do some of these quick take columns. I said, hey, I, I'm confident Miami's offense is at least decent. right? I'm confident this offense is good enough. Where Miami will not be losing games to the teams it really shouldn't lose to, and maybe it'll be better than decent but after week one, I was confident that it was at least decent like that was a pretty good showing they, they I think they scored a touchdown uh on five of their first six drives the other one was a field goal they, 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 they had the uh they had the muff punt, which was their only i guess quote unquote drive it's not even really a drive. they were dominant man like, it was it was over by 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 the half and am I confident that they can beat really good teams? I don't know, but they also answered the question of could their receivers make some plays on the outside? Because that that had been a large question mark for them through two games this year and ultimately man, they look better now. UAB looked awesome on Thursday night. They kicked the crap out of Fort State. Like this team is 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 a good football team. I'm not going to pick them to beat Clemson. Spoiler alert in 2 weeks, but they're they're pretty
1: solid. Yeah and they might be the second best team in the ACC. Um and and I think you, you another one you wrote down on the um, on our outline here is is Penn State. And I agree with you in that it, it it looks like I think I think by Penn State you mean basically a second team in the Big 10. Yeah. Uh and and I and I would agree with you the Penn State's probably our best bet for that. Um and 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 I actually think Penn State is going to be the type of team because of James Franklin's very maniacal structure that, similar to Alabama, will probably be come, come out of this this thing, you know, in a in a better better equipped to succeed than maybe some others. And so um, that's kind of neither here nor there. Uh, but I I agree that there's there seems to be. An opening for perhaps even a second Big Ten team. Now, granted that like that all could be go out, you know, in the wash if you've got a let's say eight and two Big Twelve champion and a I don't know a a five and O Big Ten champion that beats a a five and one or a four and one or something. You know what I mean? Like I it, it, right. there, I feel like the Big Ten's got to get a little lucky with just getting enough games in. Um, to get two in I don't I don't necessarily have to get lucky to get one in but I think to get two they're gonna have things are gonna have to go like really 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 smooth (laughs) and I'm not not sure how confident I am in that
0: I I I definitely don't think that the odds of of the big 10 getting two teams in are are good Uh, I think that the odds are are non-zero obviously and with the big 12 just continually screwing around every single weekend uh, that, that their odds go up a little bit but you're right it is going to be very hard to get a team in. You're only playing eight games, right? So, like, the, the best record you're going to have is, I guess, 9-0 and because you played the consolation game, or, or is that actually counted in there in the eight? I'm trying to think. I think that you could actually get the nine with your consolation game, assuming that Penn State doesn't make, you know, the conference title game. Um And I agree with what you said about Franklin there. I I think it makes a lot of sense. that They are my my team from the Big Ten most likely to go if it's not Ohio State. I I think we can actually discuss Georgia as a winner here in this same category, although I I think we can also use this time to bring up some concerns about Georgia. I think Georgia was a winner on the weekend from the standpoint of can they get in if they go – you know, if if they just have one loss or two losses, and they're a non-champ, and, and, and they lose to Alabama there in Atlanta, assuming they can still get to Atlanta, which I think at this point I'm a little bit less confident than I was <laughs> about 24 hours ago. Georgia's defense is still really, really good, like really good. I mean, they they turned Arkansas over multiple times. I know turnovers have a luck component, but they. They look pretty dominant for the most part. And Arkansas does have some playmakers, and that's a tough offense to defend with, with Kendall Biles. Like that's that's never going to be a walk in the park. Georgia's offense, though, man. I mean, this this is this is alarm bells and red flags for me. 4.7 yards of play against an Arkansas defense that doesn't have any talent on it. Uh, man, that's that's not good, right? Like Dewan Mathis gets yanked. Eight of 17, 55, 8 of 17. 55 yards in a pick. Really didn't do a damn thing with his legs either. I mean Stetson Bennett, who by the way is like he just sounds like a Georgia quarterback. Like if I if I gave you one school to pick, you're picking Stetson like you're picking Georgia for him, I think. 29 throws for 211. That's like a very kind of Jake Frommish line with the exception of the fact that I think Jake Fromm would have lit Arkansas up, man. This is a this is one of the worst defenses Georgia is going to face in an entire year. I'm pretty sure. And This is
1: concerning. I will say, in Stetson Bennett's defense, they did look a lot better with him in. Like you just were more like immediately more confident they're going to move the ball and win and score and whatever. Um, but yes, you're right. Um, there's a lot to be concerned about. The the run game probably is is maybe my biggest concern. The fact that like they couldn't just they could just re-rack it and just start smashing people in the run game. Uh I also like one one point that that seemed, I don't look you know in all these games like you kind of watch them in flashes, and so mm-hmm. someone could come in this and just sort of. But, but like when I watched this game, it felt I never felt like Arkansas's DBs were uh, outmanned. I never felt like the, like I felt like those group, those guys were making some plays. I felt like they were there wasn't a lot of separation amongst the Georgia wide receivers, and that was a position that. I feel like could have been pretty good this year Um, can still be pretty good this year, Uh, but I didn't see that there. And so, I mean, I think we're just, we're just going to have to be, um, we're just gonna have to settle for the same old Georgia. You know, they're just going to hunker down and slow these games down and lean on the defense and put a game manager bus driver in their quarterback. And go old school 2009 Alabama and try to beat you. Um, and that's, they're still going to win a lot of games. And you look up at the end of this thing and Georgia freaking covers, you know, like just seven, five at halftime. And then at the end of the day, like they covered. And so, um, but, th- but this, this team, I don't know, like, I, you know, maybe JT Daniels gets healthy and adds some dynamite to it, but, uh, I think probably more. It's probably be, much better, uh, much more realistic scenario is just this is just who Georgia is, and maybe this is who there will always be under Kirby Smart.
0: And that is that is a scary thought for Georgia <laughs> fans. If, if, if you're right about hey, if that, if they win
1: a championship, then then it's all forgiven. But if they don't, it's stuff's going to start to get old.
0: Well, him beat Ohio State like three to nothing <laughs> <Right>? or something, <laughs> and they're like, all right, go no it's Kirby. So. And thinking about Jordan's schedule, though, oh man, got a little storms going Holy on. here. cow! Was, we'll leave that in. That's a
1: that's uh, a hell of a thunderstorm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, shoot, I, I maybe God is going to smite me for talking about talking about about uh about the dogs here.
1: I say maybe 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 that's the, our our uh, cue to change the subject to Mississippi State LSU and the and the mighty I air raid. <laughs>
0: So my my in laws are obviously LSU fans. This was a, this was an interesting watch over at their house, and uh, they had what nine yards rushing. Didn't matter six hundred something yards passing here, six hundred yards passing. Man, look, I, this is just too many personnel losses for LSU to overcome. That, that's my number one takeaway from this. Really, it, I, I, on that side of the ball, or excuse me, on that side of the field, LSU. They just lost too many dudes, and they don't have a new head coach, but they do kind of have a semi-new scheme on offense with, with a different coach and, and a new scheme on defense, and this is just – they're they are not the same team they were last year, and this is probably the worst year in history to, to lose a lot of experience because of the lack of offseason. I mean, now granted, Mississippi State didn't have an offseason either, but this is not the same LSU team from last year, and we knew that going in, but just watching them out there on the field – I was like, oh, Burrow hits that guy in stride. Burrow hits that guy in stride. Oh, that guy last year's name Jamar Chase, and he's probably wide open, not just you know w- one step open. Oh, Burrow takes off and and runs with that. Oh, the, like there's no way LSU is going to let him complete yet another pass here. Um, oh, the linebacker coverage of Patrick Queen la- last year would have been a lot better. Uh, KJ Hill is probably not running free on every single pass play against last year's LSU team. Um, man, like. Remember that episode we did are they closer to four and six or eight and two? i mean
1: um, it's pretty like it's pretty clear <laughs> like after that one what they're closer to uh my 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 when I was thinking through this, like when I think back on twenty nineteen l s u they were the best team of all time and they were the best team of all time not like not because they had not because they were like Bigger than everybody, not because they had some crazy scheme, not because they had one player that was that just you know was a Cam Newton and took over. They were they were better than everyone because the the scheme like the Joe Brady stuff was great. Like he you know he 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 did a, he absolutely like hit a home run in terms of adding what they needed, but. They weren't like what they were doing wasn't some insane stuff that teams were just never going to be able to adapt to what they were doing was just executing at an unbelievable level with an unbelievable quarterback throwing to unbelievable talent with an unbelievable running back behind them. Like it was just this like incredible compilation of execution and playmakers and I think just like the way like the the nature of their greatness last year is just not easy to replicate. It's not like old 95 Nebraska like oh just bring in the next fullback and like oh keep on running the system. It's not even it's not even like Alabama where they've sort of had built this uh this sort of assembly line of like parts and pieces that you just that you just insert and reinsert. It was it was something different. And it was it was not only that but it was something different than what LSU has won with before when they were successful and so like one of my things and i i remember this in our slack room earlier in the day is like LSU built an unbelievable offense about uh, around having an uh, unbelievable quarterback well like now they have they don't have the unbelievable quarterback any, anymore and the offense is still built to accommodate that and it, it doesn't have the same receivers and it doesn't have the same offensive line. And it's just, I think it's, it's going to take some time for this team to figure out what its identity is because it just, it just can't run it back and try to have the same identity as last year's team because it's too different. And so I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Um, what 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 let me let Edwards run now like his whole MO is I can adapt. I can adapt. All right. Adapt. Now like I I don't I understand how tough the task was leading into week one. Now is your opportunity to prove that you are one of the best coaches in college football. Like let's let's go midstream, you know, figure out what this team is. It might take a couple weeks (laughs) and there's no practice games against you know, Louisiana Southern or something to to get their feet wet.
0: Well, it kind of is this weekend. They 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 do get Vandy, which like, this down. is absolutely the right
1: time to play it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we'll talk about that game if you want to, but 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 yes, I mean, if you're ever going to have a time to try to work out the kinks, this it, and then Mizzou and Death Valley. All
0: right, like that is. If shot. Ed Orgeron could play to the scheduling right. gods, he's like, all right, I need two SEC teams here. One of them can't be Arkansas, so I want I want Vandy, Vandy, Missouri to to get right because then then you go on a little run here. Then you go at Florida, South Carolina, at Auburn, host Alabama. Uh, you 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 got about two weeks LSU to get right because um, Florida comes to Death Valley on the seventeenth. I man, I agree with everything you said about LSU. I. I the other thing that sticks in my mind about that team was the the fit, the complementary nature of those pieces, how well they fit together, and how they each had a very unique skill set. How they perfect, like they just meshed those skill sets together so well. Um, this team is is a shell of that former team, and to be honest, Mississippi State should have beat them by more. Like like they, LSU was lucky to lose that game by ten, and I know that'll probably get get not a very good play on
1: you know on Go twenty four seven. But I, know, I think they like, know
0: Mississippi State should have beat them by more. They were
1: watching. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I agree. And, and for me too, and because this isn't just about LSU, this is also about Mississippi State, and this is about Mississippi State. Holy cow! Like, how much further along is that program than I thought they'd be? I, I was totally, I, I, I had, I had such skepticism. And 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 this is a bit of a guess, like granted. But I just or maybe it was an assumption. But the assumption was, man, like KJ Costello showing up in June, they're trying to teach an entire roster the air raid. Um, the receivers have been pretty average, anyways. Um, it's just this, like you know, let's let's see what happens. But this in the year like twenty twenty two, let's see how that goes. And they're just. I mean SEC all time record in one week in, in in the first first week, and I think that is going to get all the headlines and that's going to get all the play and deservedly so. I mean it's a it's an unbelievable story, but the defense was not bad either. Like the defense also had to learn a new scheme, also had to uh, you know a, 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 um, absorb some losses, uh, and the defense was. I mean LSU got a pick six, and they got I think fifteen possessions, and the offense came up with what twenty seven points. I mean when you yeah. when you're going against a team that's putting up forty four and throwing it sixty something times a game, like that's pretty that's pretty damn good. And so I, I mean the defense I think maybe even um, exceeded my expectations, maybe even more than the offense. Uh, just just so I mean look I don't know what to th- I don't know what to make of Mississippi State. But they're they're not bad. They're pretty damn good.
0: We are going to have some five hour games in the SC West this year, especially with, with, with the teams that we going into the year considered in the bottom of the of, of the league. Right, Old Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, because they're all going to push tempo. They're all going to play between kind of eh defense to oh my god, really bad defense. Probably, I, I think in the long run, Old Miss already showed that their defense might be lacking a little bit. I'm not quite as sold on Mississippi State's defense as, as it sounds like you are, but I think that like you're just reacting to one game, obviously. I, I do want to see how they play w- when they play teams that have their stuff together a little bit more. Um, but, man, looking around the SEC, there was kind of a couple teams that looked like they had their stuff together and a whole lot of teams that were kind of, mm, I don't know. This is, this is a little bit tricky here. Let's go ahead and throw it to the ad break get this thing out of the way. We're going to come back and and rip off another half hour of just, you know, SEC talk and and discuss what we saw over the weekend. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that, he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docu-series showcasing real-life tragedies. What if
1: it was your child who went missing? We
0: need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
0: All right, man, we're back. Really appreciate you guys subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you guys get your podcast. Uh, this is Barton and Bud. Five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Greatly appreciated. So Barton, where do you want to go? You want to you want to go, go Bama or do you want to go
1: AM Vandy? Hmm. Let's go AM Vandy. All right. Did you how, did you get any eyes on that game? I did. Yeah. I was I was able to watch it
0: some Mostly because I, I, I was scoreboard watching it and box score watching it for a while. And I was like, okay, <sighs> A M has an 83% edge in yards per play. That's, that's pretty huge. Fandy can't move the ball. I lost my freaking uh, Vanderbilt three and a half points for the first half wager under because AM allowed a safety <laughs> in the game. Dude, that's a baseball score, 75. Yep.
1: Nonsense. Uh let me ask you this who are you more concerned with Georgia or uh A&M? and and relative to what your expectations were prior to the season so if you're expecting if, and, okay. and uh, let me just say all right what, what I guess maybe you have to define your expectations first my expectations were Georgia SEC clear SEC East favorite A and M, second or third best team in the West. Like, uh, so those were my expectations. How concerned would you be with those?
0: Yeah, I I think we actually had pretty similar expectations. I I had A and M as as, as my second team in the West, uh, ahead of Auburn and ahead of LSU. I had LSU as my fourth. Um, I think I'm more concerned with Georgia because the expectations are higher for Georgia but some of the concerns that I had about A&M and you watched more of this game than I did so to tell me wh- what you saw especially in, in kind of the first three quarters man get A&M just can't create explosive plays through the air they had one pass of 25 plus yards one like Vanderbilt didn't do a damn thing on offense Ken Seals I mean, 29 throws for 150 yards is terrible. Like, I know Vandy thinks they have a quarterback because he went 20-29, <laughs> but 150 yards on 29 he, throws. He made like some big third down America, throws.
1: He, made, he did make some big third right. down throws. The the I Look, when you go back and you look at the box score, like, this will be a game people overreact to. This will be a game people say, Vanderbilt, whole, like Vanderbilt's playing LSU next weekend, like, that's a tough one because those are both teams I think that are worth fading because I think LSU is probably still going to get a benefit of the doubt for a while, um, but you know Vanderbilt. You're right. Like the, they still were 3.8 yards per play, you know 150 yards passing. Like what are we talking about here? Like they're how how good can they really be? Um, I think like as, for me, so Vandy had the they had the the safety on the boneheaded like punt and catching the end zone deal. So that wiped out a drive for AM. and, Vandy had, I think like a seven minute time of possession advantage. So they, for Todd Fitch coming over from a very much a spread system to, which was a, a revamping a more pro style system at Vanderbilt. Like he did a good job. This is their offensive coordinator. I thought he did a very good job of understanding. We got to shorten this game, give ourselves a chance to win. And, uh, and just sort of control the ball as much as we can. That said, A&M to this point is second in the sec has the second fewest uh, offensive plays per game uh, in the country. And huh, that is a shock. (laughs) 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 Wow. And so I, I I don't, you know, maybe there's some element of like, we're just going to get through this when we got Bama next week. Maybe there's an element of we don't need to show our hand, but I I just I, I'm by the week I'm starting to get more and more convinced that just Jimbo Fisher and his stylings I just don't think have have evolved enough. It's not modern enough. Um and if he can win a if we can if he can beat Bama this next weekend, then I will I'll I will gladly circle back and change my tune, but um I, I don't I don't I just don't think that's the way to win football games right now. Especially you, you especially, have to when points. especially when you are significantly more talented than who you're playing. Like they're they're trying to to develop this talent uh um uh, uh, surplus or whatever you want to call it relative to who they're playing. And and like, how do you, how do you maximize that? Like, I mean, take it's, the bear, take, It's take, like blackjack, <laughs> yeah.
0: right? Yeah. I mean, like if, 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 if you don't have very much money and you want to just like stay at a table, you, you try to go find the $5 table and, and you just sit there, you put, you play one hand, you, you, you get up, you walk around, you know, you, you get some free drinks. If you're a card counting shark, you want to play as many hands as possible. And you want to, you want to press the edge when you have the advantage on the deck when the count is in your favor you want to go and the count in football is the talent advantage that you have there's a reason you recruit all these guys why in the hell do you go at a breakneck speed and practice to get as many possible reps in and practice you can get the most practice time in and then run one of the slowest offenses in the country it it, you kind of neuter yourself as far as your ability to actually put distance between you and your opponent I I I don't get it, man. But my my main concern because I I didn't think Fisher would change that this year. I had some hopes that he would because the the offense has so much experience coming back, or at least did uh, before the the injury to the one guy and then Osmond opting out uh, at the receiver position. My my main concern was like, could they create explosive plays through the air? They were one of the least explosive offenses in the SEC last year, uh, through one game, and it's just Vanderbilt. I'm not encouraged. Again one throw of 25 yards plus, like that's that's it. I'm also a little bit concerned that they're playing left-handed in a way. It's almost like they ball control with the pass game. It's very West Coast in that nature, and then try to hit explosive runs. They had 183 yards on the ground, but 136 of those came on four carries. After that, they had a lot of carries that didn't do very much, man. So I'm kind of... I don't know, but it, it is hard to evaluate when they when they run so few plays. Now, part of that, like you said, is a lost drive and, and turnovers and whatnot. But here's a segue: How good does Nick Saban feel this morning after watching some of these highlights of the teams in his division? Because I'm pretty sure he's like, okay, Mississippi State is the team I got to worry about now. Really? All right, we got we got this. We got this for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, I I I'll be honest, I didn't watch much of that game because. I, I bet it. I bet the first half uh, Bama line. You cashed it. Yeah, Alabama's winning the SEC. Uh, Alabama's in the playoffs. Congratulations, Alabama. Uh, no, I mean th- this. I didn't watch much of the Alabama Missouri game. I because they blew them out. Uh, I I had money on it. I went ahead and played the Bama first half line and hit that uh, as we. I think we typically will this year. Like play, don't play Bama for the game. Play Bama first half, um, and you know I think I, uh, from from those that watched the whole game, it sounds like there was some sloppiness, maybe when some of the backups got in, some of the backup offensive line got in. But like, if that's in a year like this, if that's what you're nitpicking, then you got a pretty good, pretty good squad.
0: Before garbage time, Alabama eight point one yards play four three point four against. That's 132 yards allowed on 39 plays. Defense looks pretty damn good. Uh Bama 357 on 44. I had the Missouri team total under and Eli Drinkwitz who I like a lot is calling timeouts and is I, he's like, "Man, got to get this score." They end up scoring like 10 points in the uh in the fourth quarter to 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 bust that and uh Tides backups like the the Tides backups they they just they got to step it up for him man that, that's that's inexcusable. Mac Jones was fine. I mean, two hundred forty nine on twenty four throws is pretty awesome. You know, Najee ninety eight on seventeen carries. It was just they were always on. In it, uh, I feel like on, on
1: Missouri side of the field, they just they dominated them. I'll tell you one thing. It sounds like Will Will uh, Anderson balled out. Yeah, so. There's their 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 edge rush issues are fixed. Um,
0: I don't see anybody beating them in the SEC this year unless they have a COVID game. That's like the only real thing that scares
1: me at all for them. Well, Virginia Tech just had a COVID game and they freaking ran circles around um, NC State. Ran is the key word. Did you did, did, yeah. did you watch that? I watched the first like maybe three drives, which was basically the story of the game in the sense of like they just went un unopposed unmolested on whatever the words are like like just untouched uh running the football like right down nc state's throat and that seemed to be the way the game went from from then on they
0: put three hundo
1: on the ground on these guys (laughs) they they averaged like almost eight yards a carry like 7.7 a carry yeah it was
0: uh it it was impressive so before garbage time they went 453 yards on 52 plays which is uh and uh, gave up three eleven on sixty five, so that's that's pretty solid. Nice little eighty one percent yards for play advantage for them. Three fourteen on the ground. Bailey Hockman, eighty two yards and sixteen attempts, two picks. That's not going to get
1: done. Dude, I was so I was so high on that offense after the Wake Forest game because of the way they, um, just the I just thought it was it was a well constructed offense and they executed really well, but. Uh, I was not fooled by Bailey Hockman. Bailey Hockman is has has some limitations. Yeah. And that's going to be an issue for NC State this year, the quarterback position. And if and I thought where I did have so I had I think I had Bailey Hockman pegged, but even though Wake Forest had a, a big rushing night on um on NC State when they played them, I thought NC State might have some good young players on defense on the line of scrimmage that would improve as a season for And maybe they still will, but I didn't think there's, a, I didn't think their defense line was that bad. Uh, they, they, their defense line should be a strength, I would think, but not last night.
0: I I agree, man. I mean, that, that was, that was surprising And NC state, uh, mm. it also make does not make me feel very good
1: about wake overall. So we've got a few, um, we've got to hit a couple of these other games. Uh, there's a lot to get to, but I, I do want to. Before we get out of the SEC, Auburn, Kentucky was, I thought, a really interesting game uh, for a lot of reasons. One, you know, Kentucky, I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought Kentucky was going to be really good this year. I still think they're, they're really good. I still think Kentucky is going to be a really tough out for everyone that plays them. Um, but Terry Wilson has to play better that was not that was not a good look for Terry Wilson um, two really bad turnovers one of which took points off the board another one basically handed points to auburn um so they're they're fortunate in that regard but a couple things from auburn's side seth williams was the best player on the field he kind of big boyed kentucky a few times um, and i thought that i i guess while i while i look, i looked at that game and i thought kentucky to me looks like the better team out here i also in the same in the same breath i think i would say like i am very encouraged by auburn because i think that team is going to be one of the the more steadily improving teams of anyone all year because they've got kind of a young group on the line of scrimmage that are going to have more opportunity to um, to to come up. They've got linebackers that are, you know, guys like Owen popo who's who's going to keep on getting better. Uh, their and their their pass game, I think they're finally showing evolution there. It, it, it's I don't want to go overboard and, and overreact, but it, it just it looked it looked better. Kentucky's looked, defense is legit, and Auburn
0: yeah. moved the ball and then through the air. Now they couldn't run the ball very no, well. That's true. Yeah, their backs. Man, Shivers, Williams Bigsby, sixty-five on twenty carries. That's yeah. that's a concern for me because there are better teams that they play uh, against whom they'll, they'll probably need to put thirty on the board, and that's putting a whole lot on Bo Nix if, if you can't run the ball. Right. But at least against a good, like, can we call Kentucky's defense good? I think we can. It's not great, I think but it's yeah, at least I think- good.
1: And they I feel like they were pretty like um excited about their secondary. Yeah. I think that they they are they feel like that's a really good secondary. And that's a secondary that had, you know, had some issues against Auburn. Kevin Steele's and, a and good it, coach, it, by the way. Like,
0: I mean, out. they played bend but don't break. I think on purpose against Kentucky. Kentucky was like twelve of wait, twelve of nineteen on third down. And Auburn yeah. was very okay just to let Kentucky have a first down or two per drive, not do anything crazy, not have big busts in the secondary, not allow explosive plays. And then win when, when it got in the red zone, and they kick Kentucky's ass on uh, it, it, on Auburn's side of the field. I mean, Kentucky got on their side of the field multiple times and just got down there and kind of self-destructed. Now, the one time that was probably a touchdown before half that they, the refs didn't call and then they, they they throw the pick, which then Derek Hall gets ejected on. But I mean, if I tell you Kentucky outgained Auburn by 60 yards and were 12 or thir- 12 of 19 on third downs, you would think they would win the game. But Auburn, yeah, you take that. Yeah, but Auburn, like they outgained him on a per play basis, six one to four nine. Bo Nix, 12 of his 16 completions were for first downs or touchdowns. So to me, like I, I look at that and like that's that's he's, he's making meaningful completions. He's throwing the ball beyond the sticks. He's throwing the ball into the end zone. That was good. And it, it, does, it does help to have Seth there. That's, that's, that's a nice yeah. weapon.
1: What The one guy that I'm going to be very excited to watch this year is J.J. Pegues, who's their big 300-pound tight end. He was a, he was a tight end slash wildcat quarterback in high school. Pro- probably would be a first-rounder at defensive tackle if he wanted to do that. But he is so fun to watch because he, I mean, he, he had some great blocks on, a, on the touchdown drive early in the game. And when they, if, and when they throw him the ball, he has like Charmin soft hands, just, just very fluid, natural pass catcher for a guy that big. So I, I just think true freshmen already kind of having that sort of a, like they're, they're inserting him in, in meaningful situations. And that uh, block like he had on ball. that, on
0: that slip screen was nice. Did you yeah. see that in
1: space? That
0: dude, yeah. He can move, yeah. man. That was that yeah. Was great. And
1: then, then then he had the he 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 led the way on the touchdown run too. So um, he's he's legit. That'll be fun to watch. Did you watch any of Duke Virginia? A little bit. I mean, I I, I didn't because I was because I, I bet I bet Virginia, and so Good I was bet. sort of keeping an eye on it. And because here's the thing on Virginia, um, I talked about it on the on the lock spot on Cover three. I don't think I've talked about it here. But on the depth on Virginia's depth chart, this struck me. They have three starters that are sophomores. One of them being the quarterback who, who looked good, by the way. And every other starter is a junior or senior. And so in a COVID year, you know, in the, in the year of con, the continuity is important stuff. Um, Virginia's got, got all of that. And so I, I, I kind of love what I saw out of Virginia.
0: This game was just an absolute – I mean, just shit show. <laughs> uh, dude. So, all right, through three quarters, both teams have exactly 300 yards, right? Duke's got 20 points. Virginia has 17. Cool. Virginia had turned the ball over four times in three quarters. Duke had turned it over three times. And then it was kind of like, all right, guys – Let's go ahead. Let's let's buckle down. Let's try to win the game. And Virginia was like, "All right, coach, we got it." And Duke was like, "Oh, how about let's commit four more turnovers in the fourth quarter?"
1: Oh, really? See, I didn't even Dude. see that. I, I, th- that was the one quarter I didn't watch. I watched <laughs> a lot of the, the the lead up to that, and I felt like Virginia was just a better team, but I didn't see how they pulled away. So it was four fourth quarter turnovers. So yeah,
0: they went from three turnovers to seven turnovers. Oh my! In God. the game and uh, and UVA out. That was after they had five against BC last yeah. week. Yeah they're on a uh whoa yeah and that's uh how many they have
1: against against Notre Dame not five. I don't remember that don't know no, they, they took care of the ball okay at Notre Dame
0: so like to, to Virginia's credit they did outgain them it, it it's hard not to if you're getting the ball turnover over to you uh you know four times in the fourth but in the fourth quarter they dominated them as far as yards too but uh yeah man Duke four more turnovers in the fourth quarter UVA I thought ran the ball Really effectively, they they stayed ahead of the chains much better. Like they didn't even have a carry for twenty yards, but yet they had a five and a half yards per carry, which means you're consistently getting four, five, six, seven, you know, and and staying ahead of the chains, which I thought was really good. Um, That was I I had to mention that 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 was a a wild.
1: (laughs) They had two, so they had two uh, fumbles against Notre Dame. So they've had fourteen turnovers in three weeks. Uh, mm. I can't be high on the I can't be high on the list of things you want when you're trying to win a football game. Um, What else? So where where, where did you watch Tennessee,
0: South Carolina? Because I feel like I have almost no takeaways from this game. And like this played out almost exactly like I thought it might, except both teams scored about 10 points more than I thought they would. And I don't know, like that. I learned that much about these teams, except I think I underestimated South Carolina's offense a little bit. Like Colin Hill looks mm-hmm. solid.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I that that I, I mean, this is I don't know. That's just I think that's just who South Carolina is. Like they're they're and, and they ran the ball pretty well in the second half. Like they there were some times where they were starting to get kind of kind of nasty on Tennessee, um, but. I don't know that their their running backs are are gonna be big time difference makers shy Smith had like ten catches, but I don't know that they're I still don't know I, th- I still think South Carolina kinda is what we thought they were. Colin hill just is like we we can kind of check the box okay he's 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 good enough to win some games with i think with um with Tennessee. I really liked a lot of what I saw. I mean, there's still like there are some times like I'm thinking about when like South Carolina really got their run game going and like I think it's like uh Kovaris Crouch had a couple like bad fits in the run game and like they they gashed him a couple of times. And so I think there's still a little bit of like there's gonna be times when some of the young guys that Tennessee is trying that but ta- young but talented guys and and Jeremiah uh Jeremy Banks, the other really talented linebacker, like had a couple bad penalties. So like there's just gonna be some some moments of immaturity, I think, along the way for Tennessee still. But I just I, I really think that team's starting to look different. I think they're starting, to, I think the talent is starting to be uh to bubble up. I think they've they've done a good job of, of evaluating, developing. So, and I I I really think they are, I think they'd be a quarterback away right now from really being able to do some damage. And and, I, and that's not even meant as a, a shot at Jarek Guarantano because he's probably as good as Kellen Mond or most of these quarterbacks in this conference, but he's just, he's just, he just still has a lot of moments where he's just not that good. And if you had a consistent quarterback, if you just had a, I don't know, Kyle Trask, I guess, I don't know if that's too much to ask, but if you had a Kyle Trask at Tennessee, that uh, there's not a lot of teams in this conference that I would, I, that I would think they weren't capable of beating.
0: The big thing here for me with Tennessee is that the, this really drastically increases Tennessee's chance of finishing five hundred or better in the league. Like this is the one of the ones you had to get. We thought Tennessee one of the swing games. Yeah, like we we thought Tennessee would win this game, but we didn't know Tennessee would win this game. And Tennessee came out and they didn't look great to me, but they looked competent. They looked like a team that had not gone through a bunch of practices without forty four guys playing. Like they had they had some hiccups and. I uh, Mike Bobo, I, I think even he either told the announcing crew this or the announcing crew inferred it one somehow. But they, they were talking on the broadcast about uh, w- with actually targeting Crouch in the pass game as well because they were like, "Look, this guy played running back and you know, like pass rusher a lot last year, so he's certainly not somebody who is well versed in in pass coverage." And they they tried to get him on some option routes and and, and did so. And this is not a perfect team, but they look. I'm I'm buying a little bit more on Tennessee. I, I'm thinking that their improvement down the stretch last year was a little bit more real than I did last year at the time. And I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Like they didn't blow me away, but they they looked fine. And there were a lot of teams out there that, as we just talked about for about an hour, we have some newfound concerns about. Shout out to your pokes, by the way, dude. Two 100 yard rushers and their defense just stepped up and and made West Virginia look, look terrible.
1: Guess, but you know what? That was a game. That was another one that. Now again, I, I. This was another one. I I bet West Virginia. So maybe I was looking at it with rose-colored glasses. But I thought West Virginia for a lot of that game was the more confidence-inspiring team. Mm, Okay. There was just. There was just. um, They. I got. I can't remember. I don't have the. I'd have to pull up the box score and, and try to refresh my memory how it went down, but there was a few missed opportunities. I feel like for West Virginia, and, but they, they, there was a lot. And, and, and really Oklahoma state had some, they had some big plays in the run game. LD Brown, is that his name? Yep, LD LD Brown? Brown. That right? um, he's good, man. And I mean, he's, he's ever shattering Chuba at this point. Um, but I, I, I look, but the thing with Oklahoma state is they did survive. Like they did win. They got another W. And they and they got a W without Spencer Sanders, at quarterback, and they got a W with their offensive line still figuring it out. And they got a W with their defense, even though there was some some, you know, there were some times when West Virginia was driving the football. They, they didn't give them any points. And um, so I, I, I do really think like we were sort of joking about it in Slack over the weekend, like with all the the carnage in the Big 12. Um, all of a sudden, my Oklahoma State Big 12 champs college football playoff pick like has got this breathed a little life into it, eh, despite some, some rough early showing. So, uh, so, yeah, work in progress, but uh, important results, I guess, as much as anything.
0: From West, did you? I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. Well, because help me out for, From
0: a Mountaineer perspective, one of the things they really struggled, struggled with last year was the offensive line right, that they would just get wrecked in, in some of these games. And, I mean, Okie State, 11 tackles for loss and five sacks. It, did, it didn't feel yeah, like that, was- that watching it all the time, but I, I guess they just they had enough drive killers there w- w- with the tackles for loss that would get West Virginia behind the chains. I mean, like the Mountaineers, 2.7 yards per carry from their running backs. Mm-hmm. That's that's good run defense. And you're putting it all yep. on, on 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 Deggie who's not saying he's terrible, but like he's not good enough to carry you if you can't run the ball at all. Unless you're playing yeah. Kansas.
1: No, that was now that I think about it, like that was one there were there were a couple of turning points like on in the pass rush that really were um significant. Trace forward caused a fumble one time or um, you know, as a as a on a stack and just like they so that and that that counts. So I like go Oklahoma State and then they're still winning with a true freshman quarterback and like they don't really have there's not their full complement of offensive threats right now. Uh and even Chuba's, you know, he went 101, but he had took a took a 22 carries to get there. Um so they are they're getting there, but they again, they survived it. I think the other one of my pet teams this year that I, that I may be even more impressed with did you see what um what Pitt did to Louisville?
0: I did. I love Pitt's defense. I am a little bit concerned that their offense is not getting better. Because I want to love this team. And instead I just like them, Barton. I I I can't fully buy no, in because the offense.
1: Yeah, the offense, the offense is like a beautiful, like, like it's it's this beautiful facade with this just sort of like unpleasant, like birthmark or something on the face that is the offense it's like it's not a total deal breaker but it just just kind of makes things a little bit less appealing dude so i had a much more inappropriate
0: reference that i, I was definitely not gonna <laughs> not gonna make while we were recording but I, i'm glad you i'm glad it was related similar to that no it. no
1: <laughs> sorry if i offended any birth any birthmark birthmark birthmarked people out there <laughs> dude
0: like I don't even know if Pitt's like, like like just the box score tells the true story of what Pitt's defense did here. Like, so Car- Louisville ha- had a run of seventy five and a run of thirty one. Their other twenty one rushing plays went for thirty eight yards.
1: That's so. Yeah, God. the the seventy five yard run it was Hawkins. and I, I, I yeah, and I was watching the game when he broke that thing off because again, this is another one that I was invested in. I had the under, and so. Seeing a, a seventy five yard run is not a, is not a welcome sight. But a he he he, he like he like ran for seventy five yards in like you know four point three seconds or something like it was ridiculous. And but but then you look up, Javion Hawkins had for his other twelve carries three yards. That'll hurt. <laughs> he had twelve carries for three yards. <laughs> That's ridiculous. i had an under
0: in this game I, I i played under second half under 27 second half points uh just looking at it's like okay smoke that how thing. many points do they have here how many yards are they putting up like, mm, this is probably not sustainable to have this many points relative to not nobody moving the ball <laughs> at all uh also they crushed louisville's passing offense 107 mm-hmm. yards on 21 throws Louisville's offensive line is a problem, I, and it's a problem I didn't see coming going into the year. But it's one we did identify on the show after after WKU, after Miami, and this is the third week in a row. And look, th- those are three pretty solid defenses that they've played. Um, hell, Pitt's a lot better than solid, and, and I think Miami's defense is nice too. But man, like they give up a lot of tackles for loss, a lot, and that's that's problematic. I just wish Kenny Pickett could give us something, man. Like thirty-eight throws for two eleven. Give me thirty-eight throws for two fifty. Give me thirty-eight throws for two sixty. Not two. You can't throw the ball <laughs> freaking thirty-eight times for two eleven, man. Yeah. What? What are we doing?
1: Like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just yeah. It's it, Kenny Pickett is just keeps on. He he just teases us. Like he just sort of like tempts us into saying he's going to be a good quarterback but he's been doing this for like three years um and that's and he's so uh, what he is is a is a is a capable quarterback but he's just not he's not he's not going to beat you uh but he's not going to necessarily beat them either did you look at did you watch any of ucf ecu no, I didn't watch that one so I live in
0: Orlando, so we, we, we usually have the UCF game on, on, on one of the TVs if we're watching with friends. UCF in the first half had one of the wildest first halves you will ever see. So they, they lead 27-7 to 7 in the first half, so that, the game is not in jeopardy. Barton, they committed 13 penalties for 75 yards in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> they had four false starts in a row without running a play to open the game. Which I've never seen.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I saw you tweeting about it. Were you tweeting about the other false? Starts? I was like,
0: yeah, because I, I I had to think that ECU was barking signals or something because most most of the time in an empty stadium you don't false start four times in a row without successfully being able to run play. Um, that was a little little bit weird. They were terrible in the red zone. Had kicked two field goals. Oh for one on on fourth yet they still had a twenty point lead going into the half. The game finishes fifty one. To uh, the twenty-eight, so uh, sneaks over the total, barely. Uh, honestly, the game should have gone way over the total. They had like almost eleven hundred yards combined offense, but uh, yeah, yeah. Just thirteen penalties and a half is is a whole lot of penalties for one team.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. I guess they're just they 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 can play a little sloppy if they want to because they they're not going to be challenged much. When do they play Memphis? Let me see. I'm pulling up their schedule. UCF. Has Tulsa this weekend and the Memphis next weekend? Okay. Uh, oh no, Memphis in two weeks. They have buy. You have to buy, and 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 Tulsa honestly should have
0: got UCF last year. Yeah, I mean, like that that game UCF did not deserve to win, and they they managed to pull it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, before we get out, I feel like we did we we got to at least give a little bit. Like we kind of we discussed the mayhem that was the Big 12, but we didn't really get into the specifics. Have you got any uh have you got any big takeaways from Texas or Kansas State games? Okay.
0: The one big takeaway I had from Kansas State was just the, the lack of of defensive line penetration against the Kansas State offense that just Arkansas State's D line beat them up. I know Kansas State's well-coached, and they made improvements week over week, but come on. Yeah. For Texas, I heard you say this on Cover 3. It just should be physically impossible for Texas defense, defensive backs to play this poorly, given how well we've seen them play as individuals in like all-star camp settings and how athletic we know they are. This just doesn't make any sense. Also, Texas special teams, Guys this should never have gone to overtime. You should have won this thing in regulation long before if you can just catch a punt, catch a punt, snap, cover a punt, cover a kick. Like Tech special teams were were some of the worst team special teams I've seen in quite a while. And I know this is a bad year for special teams. Like We know like field goal blocks are up 100% year over year. Punt return touchdowns are up 100% year over year. And I, I think it's just because they don't have time to work on this in practice because so many teams feel they're so far behind or where they should be on offense and defense that they're kind of de-emphasizing it. Uh, but
1: man, that was bad. I just wish I could figure out the like on a mon- molecular level, like how why why does Texas do? Why does Texas look like this? Why does I mean Oklahoma doesn't get let off the hook either? I mean because they their defense. How many times are they going to try to get this thing fixed? And 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 though I guess this is only this is like the first time they try to get it fixed. Like if Alex Grinch doesn't work, it's basically the first time they've tried. Because they did um it was Mike Stoops forever and then and then it was Ruffin who was who was who wasn't like a external like let's let's shake things up higher. It was a basically right Ruffin was the D coordinator that that yeah. Ruffin McNeil and then So, so Alex Grinch really is their first effort at getting the defense fixed since Bob Stoops has left, and I don't know whether I don't. Hey, maybe maybe the the fix is still coming, but um, it's not working yet. And then at Texas, like it's just this. Is it just like I wish I could? It's almost like you remember the movie, like the final final destination, where this there's this like like. evil sort of un like like inanimate force that just creates problems and creates like death like wherever it's supposed to go. It's like it feels like there's like this inanimate force around Texas's program that just like precludes it from like taking that 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 step and just keeps things sloppy. Just like this 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 sloppy final destination force. And I and and maybe this is reactionary to just almost like almost losing to Texas tech who almost lost up to Houston Baptist, but I don't get it, man. Like I just, I wish I could, I wish someone could take me under the hood and, and, and do the autopsy of like why things can't, like the screws can't be tight in Austin. Um, there's just too much talent there for them to be for, for this to be the product.
0: I agree. I think this is something we can discuss in another show because I have kind of some thoughts culturally about that. Yeah. Uh,
1: But also, do you think, uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 but I want to hear it. Do you think that Mike Leach is going to just tell all of us, like, you guys had it all wrong? This is just what football is. And I've, and I made it this way. And I left the Big 12 like this. And I'm gonna leave the SEC like this. We just saw we just saw LSU have a have a ridiculous day. Like is it just culturally the the, the offences there create an environment that 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 produces that product and it's going to start seeping into the sec now like, too. like
0: the warriors did to the nba like, like we're, we're never yeah. going back to, to the bad boy pistons like, like the nba is never going to allow the rules to be such that like we're, we're clutching and grabbing it and, and we're, we're having our superstars take elbows you know shots to the face right yeah i i, I do like we talked about this in the episode over the summer we made a vod about it like do we think people are going to go back to smash mouth offenses and i was like i think we both agreed not until the, the like passing offenses get less efficient and for the most part, they keep getting more efficient, at least the best ones every year. I, I do have a little bit of concern, though, about, about both passing offenses in this game. Like, man, Texas Tech's passing offense didn't actually look good. They were 31 to 52 for three and a quarter. That's kind of bad. 52 for three and a quarter is not good. Te- and Texas had blown coverages that that allowed like, repeated first downs for, for Texas Tech. Like, honestly, like, Texas should have made Texas Tech's passing offense look even worse than they did. And I know they picked off free passes, and three and a quarter on 52 throws is actually not very bad, especially by Big 12 standards. On the other side of the ball, I mean, Sam Ellinger, 40 passes for 262, man. That's not good. Tariq Plaque uh, didn't even play, right? So, oh, uh,
1: You know what? I did, yeah,
0: like, I-, I didn't even think about that, but I guess he didn't. They are a little bit thin at receiver. Texas they 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 have Josh Moore they have Brendan Schooler but like do you trust Brendan Eagles three catches 31 other than that like they need some they need to black to be good for them uh because that, that's not a very good passing line for from Sam Ellinger I, mean, the, I think Houston Baptist probably had a better passing line uh against Texas Tech than Sam did of course Texas uh on the ground was extremely effective County Ingram and, and and Ellinger and you know Rashawn and and uh, Bajan Robinson actually got in the game got got a few pops so uh, neither of these pa- like for for a game that went 63-56 for them to combine
1: for like not that many
0: yards is
1: it's kind of weird just like the, it was just like the special teams gaff game <laughs> it's just, yeah. how did how, how so what happened in Texas Texas Tech well it was, spe- it was just a bunch of special teams gaffes and
0: some big plays so the touchdown drives the length of them in this game uh both teams had a touchdown drive that was zero yards because it was either a pick six or, or, or a punt return or you know punt punt six. Uh they Texas had a a touchdown drive of 19 yards. Texas Tech had a touchdown drive of 10 yards. So yeah, this, this was a field position special all the way, mostly due to special two, teams, two
1: onside kicks, right? Yeah. When they're two onside kicks, there's the Texas one and then uh A&L, or uh, Texas Tech had one earlier. Dude,
0: just this was craziness. Um <laughs> I, I got to say, though, like, like if Texas wins the Big 12 with one loss, and I'm not convinced they can. Like, they're going to go to the playoff and they'll get waxed, but they're going to, like, I, I think they'll go to the playoff if, if they manage to win the conference with, with only one loss. I'm just not sure that they can do that.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I just, I agree. Like, I'm not sure they can do that and, um, and, and get through the cop, you know, for someone to win the Big 12 championship. With go through regular season and championship game with one loss combined, like that's, I think this is going to be tough to pull off. Um, especially, do you see Max Duggan getting in the game for TCU? I, I actually they did lost. not get eyes on that one. It, it was crazy. I, I, I could not find it on my TV. They, they lost, but I feel like, I feel like something's coming with TCU. I think that team's going to be a tough out because Max Duggan's, um, playing again at quarterback. Uh, I think the starter was like, like seven of 16 for, you know, something, nothing. And then Duggan came in and was like, I don't know, like 12 of like 20 or something for, for a pretty good, nice chunk. Um, and that was, who knows what he, how, how polished he was. Um, and, and then, and, and, you know, but Iowa State figured out a good way to win that game. So props to them, but I just think both those teams are going to keep getting better Um and and I think that those will be those are going to be tough games in that conference, not too.
0: I totally agree. And and Baylor, uh, by the way, is is one to to look out for potentially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did bet Baylor for the second half. I wanted to bet him live, but instead I just took him for the second half. They were only minus seven for the second half. By the way, uh, they they won the second half thirty to seven. So that
1: was that was convenient. Um, yeah, I I had them at kick at minus seventeen. Now and they and screwed half.
0: around for for like the first thirty five minutes of this game. And then Kansas decided they weren't going to cover any kicks. Did you see this?
1: No, is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, two
0: two kickoff returns for for uh, for touchdowns oh, wow. uh, for Baylor in the second half of this game. Uh, they, they take the opening kickoff back, uh, and then they take uh, they take another kickoff back, and then also Kansas gave up a safety. Uh, so that was uh, yeah. Oh, so what happened was Baylor forces the safety, and then they house the safety kick.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did see that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> They also had a Baylor had a twenty play drive that only went sixty yards for a field goal. Oh hell yeah! That is uh, took seven. Give me some of that. Aranda's probably loving that as a defensive guy. He's like, All right, seven minutes of this <laughs> game's over. Almost eight minutes of the game, right there. Uh, their offense did not look good. I will say, like that. That is the worst looking forty seven points I think I've ever seen. But it's still forty seven points. And if you're Dave Aranda in, in your coaching debut. You're gonna take that all day. Like Kansas was the yeah. opponent to play. Um mm-hmm. Kansas pulled a Kenny Pickett on steroids, thirty-three passes for 159 yards. Like Ken Seals thinks that's bad. They're playing
1: <laughs> they're playing, uh they're playing another true freshman, aren't they? Uh yeah, uh, I think J- Jalen Daniels. Yeah, yeah. They um and he, he had a little bit, you know, there's a little something there. It may build may have something to build on there.
0: I I, I could see it. Like I, I don't think Kansas is is doomed to be Horrendous for everyone or less miles. I just think that this is not the year for them. So, agree. We should probably wrap this thing. This is this is a this yes, is a mega cast. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, but hey, you know what? What? What do you expect? I mean, this was first weekend uh, of, of of SEC, and it was awesome. So hopefully, look, look, we're gonna have just like conference games out the wazoo every weekend so buckle up man it's gonna be fun
0: so excited about this coming weekend dude like i I, i've already got like 12 bets in on in in the buzz bets column
1: um the lines look good this week yeah i tell you i'm starting to get my ladder up a little bit i'm excited
0: i had to double check a couple of that that's that's kind of one of those ones like like you got to bet it wait 60 seconds and then pop it again you know and uh (laughs) yeah all right i'll see you buddy bye later